You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's get more analysis now on the surprise rate cut from the South African Reserve Bank's Monetary Policy Committee to wit. 100 basis points down from five and a quarter percent for the repo rate to four and a quarter percent. And don't forget that less than two weeks ago, it was six and a quarter percent. With me now to have a look at the situation and the potential future situation is Nazmira Muller, who's the head of SA Investments at 91 in Cape Town. Nazmira, what a lovely surprise. Um, it was good to see the Reserve Bank getting to grips with the data taking quite a hard view on what likely to happen in the economy and um, deciding to move on rates. I think it was great to see the cuts, but unfortunately it also signifies how weak the economy is at this point in time. Exactly. So there's the optimists who say, like I did in my introduction, what great news. And there's the other people who are slightly more circumspect and they'll say, well, if they're cutting between Reserve Bank meetings, between MPC meetings, then that mean, means that things are really, really dire at every level in the South African economy. I think things are really dire globally at this point in time, Lindsay. We are seeing contractions in GDP that are worse than they were during the Great Depression or forecast contractions in GDP, um, job losses, which are enormous around the world. And I think we are in a situation where all monetary authorities around the world are taking extraordinary actions. And the Reserve Bank in South Africa is simply one of them. Yes, indeed. And there are people that are in the the V-shaped camp and other people that are in the W-shaped camp. And let me explain that. In other words, the market comes down in more or less a straight line, which it did, one of the the biggest and most precipitous falls in history. And I'm talking about the US stock market as, as our proxy for this conversation. And some people are saying it's going to go straight back up again. And it started to do so. Other people are saying, well, yes, it has done. It's retraced and it's regained a lot of the losses of the last six weeks or so. But it will come back again and, and test the lows, forming a W formation. And if you apply that to fundamentals, then perhaps they're correct. Maybe there'll be a second wave of COVID-19 outbreaks uh, around the world. Maybe people won't go back to work in the same way as they went back to work. Maybe restaurants won't be as full. You see what I mean? There there might be some, uh, again, the word I'm using, circumspection when it comes to the recovery. What do you think? I think this is very much dependent on the path of the virus, firstly. And secondly, as time goes on, the response of citizens to the virus. So what I mean by that is... In the global financial crisis, the source of the shock was the financial system. And therefore, there was some ability to understand how the system would respond to liquidity and what sort of tools you could use to mitigate the problems. This time around, the source of the problem is entirely external. Um, There was a great piece I read recently which said we shouldn't be looking for previous recessions as the base case comparator here, we should be looking at wars and natural disasters. That is how we should think about this impact. And therefore, the impact on economies um, will ultimately depend on whether there are second waves of outbreaks, whether um, you can catch the virus again. Well, that was the scariest um, headline I saw last week. There's um, a bit of doubt around people who tested um, negative in South Korea um, after having had it and then soon afterwards tested positive again. Um, So all of these things that um, are the domain of doctors and medical staff are what's going to drive economies and markets. 
that's the first set of it. Mm, it is terrifying, actually, and that's why the antibodies test is so important, I think. But whether the antibodies testing kits, which are supposed to be in production at the moment, are effective or not, we don't know, because your body can say, well, I've got all these antibodies, but unfortunately the antibodies might be overtaken by the virus for a second time. It is terrifying. And the other terrifying thing, before we get onto the South African Reserve Bank rate cut, which is the purpose of this conversation, is I saw some chap, some medical boffin, on television last night who said this could be with us for years and it could flare up at any time it's almost like a bushfire in australia you know you put it out uh, but there's one little bit of flame uh, still smoldering there and up we go again that would be the worst possible thing for everybody i would expect that the reality is going to be somewhere in the middle ground it's not going to be a simple v-shaped and we've seen the worst and um, now everything is going to only incrementally improve. Um, but I think when people start talking about years of um, re-occurrences of this, I, I think that's a bit um, catastrophic in the forecast as well. So I think that we're likely to see something much more in between. Okay, I hope so. What was the accompanying statement to the interest rate cut that we saw from the Saab today? I think what the Reserve Bank has done is they have acknowledged that at their March MPC meeting, they hadn't factored in a lockdown. So their minus 0.2% GDP growth in 2020 was just woefully out of date. And they tried to update that by the time they got to the monetary policy review. Um, but the full extent of the impact was not yet in when that document was being compiled. And the lockdown extension of two weeks hadn't yet been announced. So once those measures were um, put into were, were put into the forecasts, and as the governor said at one stage, we have been uh, the Reserve Bank staff um, didn't have an Easter weekend; they worked straight through it, coming to grips with the numbers. They spat out a forecast of minus um, 6.1 percent for this year, which is pretty dire. And unfortunately, it looks like it could be worse than that. If certainly, if the lockdown is extended again. So now we're in a situation where if you base your interest rates policy on the output gap, so that's the difference between potential growth and actual growth, you've had a massive opening up in the output gap, which leaves them with room to cut interest rates. And that is what they did. What an extraordinary figure, minus 6.1%, because I remember, I think it was the South African Reserve Bank quarterly bulletin, they were talking about minus 0.2%. Obviously, that was way out of date because the situation was evolving and evolving dramatically day by day. But minus 6% is quite big. It's massive. And, and what is worst is that it will be in very labor-intensive portions of the economy. So what we need to understand is that the worst hit – um, sectors are going to be retail and accommodation and tourism, which are major employers of people. And so you're going to see significant job losses um, or, at best, people being put on half-time or short-time. Nasmira, did they um, give any indication as to what the future might be? Because we've gone from six and a quarter to five and a quarter, from five and a quarter to four and a quarter. That's the repo rate, the rate at which the central bank lends to the commercial lenders, the banks, that is. Uh, any indication that the door might be opened for yet more cuts? Yes, Lizzie. They left, through, they left the door open for more cuts as well. So they... they um, quarterly projection model um, had 125 basis points in potential cuts. They've done 100, which means that there's room for at least 25 more. And if 
growth deteriorates further or the inflation outlook um, continues to come in lower than expected, um, there would certainly be room to do more than that. We tend to think that there's a reasonable probability they do another 50 basis points by their May MPC meeting. Okay, so that would leave us at three and three quarters percent. What do you think that's going to do for for the bond market and for investors, investment flows into South Africa? Because as I was saying to somebody else earlier today, even at these levels, even at five and a quarter percent after the 100 basis points we saw at the last meeting, it's still incredibly attractive to have a look at the South African bond market now that, especially with the liquidity being back. Four and a quarter percent, it becomes less attractive, obviously. When does it become, when does South Africa become uninvestable when it comes to the bond market because of the risk, the sovereign risk, and also the RAND risk? So remember, the repo rates isn't the same as the bond rate. The government tends to borrow longer dated, repo rates is short-term debt, um, and the government borrows um, in general at the 20 or 30-year space. The last couple of weeks, they've been borrowing much shorter because that's where they've been finding the liquidity. Um, But the 10-year rate today after the rate cut is at 10.45% given that inflation in South Africa is going to be sub 4% this year, more like 3.5%, that still leaves plenty of real rate in the 10-year bond yield for an investor to look at. And I think that will remain attractive. Um, The issue really is, though, why the, the bond yield has gone up over 200 basis points over the last month is there's a deep concern amongst investors on the fiscal sustainability of South Africa. Is the debt-to-GDP ratio going to rise so much that ultimately servicing the debt becomes unaffordable? And there, the solution is some real progress on structural reforms in South Africa. That is how um, the bond market remains the funding vehicle for the National Treasury. So what we need now is the initiative from the South African Reserve Bank to be backed up by government with structural reforms, which we've been calling for and you've been calling for for many, many years, Nazmira. I think a lot of people have, Lindsay. Um, And unfortunately, we had 10 years of Jacob Zuma who destroyed the budget surpluses, um, destroyed confidence in the economy and destroyed growth and left Soro Ramaphosa with a position where he has very little fiscal space. So it's been enough space for the ANC to continue its internal navel-gazing over the last two years. But one would hope that they're ready to... Um, follow the lead of the finance minister and make some difficult decisions now. But I'm still not sure. But overall, a good day for South Africa. It's a good day for South Africa. It's a good that South Africa seems to slowly be coming um, to grips with the fact that we are going to need to make some difficult decisions. Um, so let's see how that um, rolls out. This um, There's a great quote, which is, never waste a good crisis. And um, South Africa was in dire need of some... Um, focused decision-making, ability to take some hard decisions. Let, let's see if this awful situation, which so far we have done an amazing job of handling. Um, if you look at the president, the health minister, the finance minister, um, all approaching this in 
um, a way that is world-class at this point. Not that the world-class of leaders is a lot to speak about, but um, the the South African leadership has done a really great job. We just need to translate that into long-term economic sustainability and job creation now. And I will say it's about time that they did so. And there's an old English saying which says the following, necessity is the mother of invention. And we're starting to invent ourselves, which is very good indeed. Nazmira, thank you very much for your time. Nazmira Muller is the head of SA Investments at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.